business of drag and me with your host, the wonderful Brayden. We'll talk about taxes. We'll talk about business. We'll talk about life. Spill the tea. See you there. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the Business of Drag podcast slash YouTube show, whichever platform you are watching on. I am happy that you are here. As always, this is your host, Brayden, and today we are in part four of our introductory series where I'm talking all things tax, legal, finances for drag professionals and LGBTQ plus business owners. Now, if you haven't been following, we've covered our first three parts already. I'm walking you through the framework in my book, Unfuck Your Biz. I finally have the hard copy. Very exciting. This is the proof that I got back from our printer. Um, I've made some markups, some notes on things that we have to retype set, um, but I'm very excited because volume two is officially here. Very fun. So if you want to grab a copy, if you're a book person like me, you can see, like me some books, you can go get a copy of this book at my website. Uh, Otherwise, you can just follow the curriculum in this series that we're doing. So today, as I mentioned, we're talking about business entities. Now, first of all, you might be thinking, um, Brayden, what the hell is a business entity? Well, don't worry, I got you. This is just how we structure our business, right? So you've maybe heard the term sole proprietor or corporation or limited liability company. We call those LLCs. These are all types of business entities or structures. A business entity or structure is really the way that you're setting up your business in terms of how you want to collect money and pay taxes to the IRS if you're in the United States, and then also how you are protected from liability. You've maybe heard the term corporations or people before. That's like a term that people like to throw around. When you form a corporation, it becomes like its own entity, its own thing, its own person. It's a business structure that you use to separate yourself from the business, right? You're kind of like birthing your own business baby that becomes its own thing. It grows up, it pays its own bills, and it's separate from you. And that's a good thing, right? Because you personally don't want to be liable for the conduct of your business. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to business entities. Now, here in the United States, we have uh, lots of options because, you know, capitalism and uh, legal stuff, right? We have sole proprietorships, general partnerships, LLCs. Uh, those come in two different varieties. We have single member LLCs, which you can imagine what that is, solo owned LLCs. And then we have multi member LLCs. We have S corporations, which are kind of a business entity. More on that in a little bit. C corporations, limited liability partnerships or LLPs, professional limited liability companies, B corps, and the list goes on, right? There's more. But we're really just going to be focused on about three different types of structures. So specifically, sole props, LLCs, and S corps. That's all we really care about. That's all that tends to be relevant, assuming that you don't have a business partner. That's all that's really relevant for us. All right. Note that these business structures are different in Canada, the UK, Australia, um, in every other country out there. As far as I know, LLCs, which are, well, I wouldn't say they're the most popular option, but they're the most popular option for people who are proactive. Okay, that'll make more sense in a minute. Those are the most popular option for proactive folks here in the US. And to my knowledge, um, it's largely something created in the US. It's not available in countries elsewhere. So if you're in Canada, I know specifically you have 
soul props, which they might call something else. And then you have corporations and that's it. Those are like your two options. All right. But we're going to talk in more detail about the different options here in the States. So first of all, what exactly is a sole proprietorship? Well, a sole proprietorship is the default. It's really, think of it as a lack of entity, meaning if you form no business entity, but you are in fact in business, then you have a sole proprietorship. So you start a drag business, right? And by business, I just mean you start putting yourself in drag and you start collecting money. You start doing gigs, you get booked, you're collecting money. Well, now in the eyes of the IRS, you have a business because you have a profit motive. You are doing this thing in order to make money. You have a profit motive, but you're not really filing any documentation anywhere. You have a sole proprietorship. That is your business structure, okay? So when I say it's really a lack of a business entity, that's what we mean. You haven't formed anything. That's just what we call you when you haven't taken any steps to form an LLC or any of these other options. Now, that doesn't mean that you're totally off the hook. And in terms of filing goes, technically speaking, if you have a business that's a sole proprietorship or anything else, you may need to be required to get a business license wherever you're located. You may also need to get a DBA. All right. These are things that I talk about in much greater detail in the book if you want to get a copy, but we are not going to bore you with that here just now. All right. Maybe in a future, future episode. So, all right. We talked about soul props. Now, what is an LLC? Well, an LLC is that next step. It's the proactive step, right? I like to teach this through a series of analogies. So I call an LLC, your magic bubble of protection for your business. So I always think about, um, as a young gay boy, I was very obsessed with the movie, the wizard of Oz. Let me know in the comments if you can relate. Love the Wizard of Oz. And I always think about the scene in the beginning when, uh, you know, Dorothy's uh, hanging out before she goes on her journey down the Yellow Brick Road and Glenda comes down in her big bubble, right? She's floating inside of a bubble. And I want you to imagine um, something representative of your business inside that bubble instead of Glenda. Otherwise, this gets pretty morbid. So think about maybe your entire wardrobe hair, makeup, wigs, all that kind of stuff inside of the bubble. Now imagine that you get sued and um, all of those things, all the assets, all of these things that you rely on in your business, they kind of explode, they combust. All right. That's not good. They catch on fire. Yikes. But your bubble kind of protects it. It encases it all inside of that bubble so that anything that you own on the outside, like if you have a home, a car, a retirement account, maybe you don't have any of those things yet, but you're going to have them in the future, hopefully, fingers crossed. It's protected by your magic bubble. That is the LLC. The bubble itself is the LLC. You become separate from the LLC, and the LLC is there to protect everything you own on the outside of the business from any kind of liability that can happen inside of the business. And you might be thinking, well, that seems pretty far-fetched, Brayden. I don't, I don't really have any assets. You may not yet, but you may hope to have in the future. And the reality is if you ever get sued, a judgment, meaning the piece of paper they get from the court is usually good for a decade, sometimes longer, they can extend it and they have that amount of time to collect on you. So they can feasibly wait for you to have assets. They can attach a lien on any property that you have, levy your bank account, which is super scary, meaning they can just get a court order to start taking money automatically out of your bank account if you get sued 
for defaulting on a contract, injuring someone at a show, all this kind of stuff. Now, my goal here is not to totally scare the shit out of you, um, because ideally with insurance and contracts and liability waivers, we can protect ourselves from a lot of that. But the LLC is generally our last line of defense. And in most states, especially especially if you're outside of California, they are uh, very inexpensive to form and not that difficult to manage. So it's worth considering. Here in California, they're about $800 a year to have, but you can think about that like extra insurance. So that's the breakdown of how an LLC works. All right. Now we have this concept of disregarded entities, which I like to briefly explain. Uh, a disregarded entity, this is a term for an entity that is not recognized by the IRS. This is actually a good thing. So let me explain. I like to explain this by thinking about that. I'm sure you all know that Mariah Carey gif, like back in the early 2000s. I don't remember who asked her this, but someone asked her if she was friends or friendly with Jennifer Lopez. And she famously said, I, I don't know her, right? So the IRS is the same way. When you form an LLC, the IRS is like, I don't know her, never heard of it, doesn't exist. And all that means is that you get your liability protection from the LLC, but from the perspective of your taxes, the LLC is not there, which means you pay taxes the same as you would if you had a sole proprietorship. And uh, disregarded entities pay their taxes uh, on their Schedule C on their personal tax return. So think back to our conversation about tax forms in lesson one. We talked about our Matryoshka. You can see them hanging out right up here. We have our Schedule C on our tax return. This is where disregarded entities file their taxes. So on the flip side, partnerships, so if you have a business partner, S corporations and C corporations are not disregarded. And all that means is that they are recognized in terms of the IRS, which means they have to file their own tax returns. So if you have one of those entities, you have to file taxes, business taxes by March 15th of each year. And then they send you a personal form, which then goes on your personal tax return. So I have a graphic for that as well, will pop up. So you have business tax return, K1 personal tax return, for what I will call non-disregarded entities. And then we have our concept of pass-through entities. So to make this as simple as possible, let me just say that all entities other than C corporations are pass-through entities. And a pass-through entity just means that the income or profit from the business passes through to you personally. There's no corporate taxes and a pass-through entity. So you don't have to worry about corporate tax rate. It just means that your taxes for your business are based on your personal finances. So if you uh, make a million dollars a year and you start a brand new business, that business is gonna be owing taxes based on the fact that you, you bring in a million dollars a year. You're gonna be in a much higher tax bracket, right? So if Bill Gates starts a brand new business, Bill's gonna be paying much higher taxes on that business even if it's not making a whole lot of money, assuming that it's a pass-through entity, right? On the flip side, if you make very, very little income, then you might not owe any tax at all on that new business, or you might be at a very low tax rate in a pass-through entity, which will be all of you, because none of us are going to form C corporations, all right? So we talked about our pass-throughs, our disregarded entities. You understand now, hopefully, the difference between an LLC and a sole prop. A quick note about C corporations, uh, not because you need to understand them, but because you might be wondering, why are we skipping them? So I won't. 
C corporations pay corporate level taxes. All right. They have a corporate tax that they pay. They then pay you a salary. You then pay taxes on the money that you get from the corporation. This is why we say that corporations are double taxed. Corporations typically only make sense when you have dozens and dozens of employees with health benefits, all this kind of stuff, or you have a business where you're going to keep a lot of money in the business because you want to like buy a building or property, things like that. Service-based businesses, entertainment-based businesses, people like you and I, that's not really the case for us. So we don't do C-Corps. Instead, we can have something called an S-corporation, which I like to call the mythical unicorn magical entity of business entities. Because if you hear about business entities at all, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you do hear about them, you've probably heard the term S-corp thrown around. Maybe you have an accountant that's talked about them. They told you that you need one, but you don't understand what it is. Not to fear. We're going to talk about it right now. So an S corporation, the first thing I want you to understand about them is that they're not, they're not actually an entity. They're just a tax status. Here's what we mean by that. To have an S corp, what you really do is you form an LLC or a regular old corporation, and then you file an additional election with the IRS. It's called 25, form 2553. You file a 2553 that says, hey, I would like for my LLC to get the tax benefits of subchapter S of our United States tax code. And that's when we say that you have an S corp. And all it really means is that you're being taxed differently. You get sort of preferential tax treatment. So to explain that, reflect back to our conversation in our previous video about self-employment tax. I shared with you that we pay a 15.3% self-employment tax up to certain income amounts on our business profits, our net business income, more specifically, 15.3% tax. That covers our share of Medicare and Social Security. Well, when you form an S-corp, this tax gets applied a little bit differently. So let me explain this with an example. You can get out a pen and paper if you want to follow along, but we'll put the math up on the screen. So let's assume, again, I like to use really clean numbers. Let's assume that your business brings in $100,000. So we have $100,000. That's our business income. Now let's assume that you are really profitable. You have 80% profit, or in other words, 20% expenses. So expenses are $20,000. Okay. So you have $100,000 in gross revenue, $20,000 in expenses. That leaves us with how much in profit? $80,000. So $80,000 is our profit. Now let's assume that we just have a regular old sole proprietorship or an LLC. What would our self-employment tax be on that? 15.3% of $80,000 is $12,240. So that would be your self-employment tax. That does not include income tax, remember. Now in an S-corp, you put yourself on a salary just like you would get if you were a full-time employee at a company that paid you an annual salary, all right? So let's assume that you put yourself on a $60,000 salary. So you have $80,000 in profit. You pay yourself a $60,000 salary. Now, on that salary, the $60,000, you're going to pay your self-employment tax, and you're also going to pay income tax. So you pay both taxes on your salary. But then we have what I call our net profit after salary. So how much money do we have left over after our $20,000 in expenses and our $60,000 in salary? Do the math real quick. We'll put up the answer. 
it's $20,000, right? So 20,000 is your net income after salary. This is also, we call it our profit when we have an S corp, this amount, we don't pay self-employment tax on. All right. We are not paying self-employment tax on this $20,000. And that is how an S corporation actually works. So if we wanted to estimate how much the S corp is saving us, we're saving a 15.3% tax on this $20,000 of profit. If we do the math, that should come out to $3,060, which is a very rough approximate savings. And this mathematic example that I always give now pause and think for a moment. Okay. How does this magical entity actually save me money? Well, it's, it's by paying ourselves a salary and having profit left over. So ask yourself this, do we want salary to be high or do we want salary to be low? Which one's going to save us more money, high salary, low salary. We want a lot of money left over after the salary. So therefore we would want a low salary. The lower the salary in an S corp, the more we're going to save in taxes, but also think to yourself, okay, well, can I just pay myself a $1,000 annual salary? And then I have a ton of profit and I'm going to save tons of self-employment tax. No, of course not. The IRS has checks and balances against this. You must pay yourself what the IRS calls a reasonable salary. What does that mean? I know we can look at a lot of factors and variables to determine a reasonable salary. It's based on what someone in your industry, in your geographic market with your amount of experience would make. And in a lot of more traditional industries, we can do research for that. It's a little bit harder to do for drag professionals and other types of entertainers. We have to do a bit more guesswork. We also are allowed to use something called the mini hats approach when we come up with reasonable salary, which means we look at if you're the solo business owner, what are all the different things that you're doing, right? So in my business, I am, I'm a podcaster, I'm an accountant, I'm an attorney, I'm a social media content creator, and the list goes on. I'm wearing all these different hats. The reality is I spend more time making content and more time doing social media than I do actual legal and accounting work. And luckily, if I look at average salaries for those roles, they are lower than the other type of work that I do. So I can balance all of these things and come up with my own reasonable salary than I might have if I just looked up average attorney salary in San Diego, California. So that's how that works. Um, I don't typically encourage people to form S corps on their own. That's not what I want you to do. I just want you to have kind of a, a ballpark understanding that a, it's an option available to me in the future if you're not ready right now. B, whether you might be ready for right, right now. And C, uh, if and when you are ready. Because when you are ready, you want to go consult a professional. You can talk to me. I can help you about forming an S-corp that's going to save you on taxes. Now, to give you the very quick, the very quick uh, kind of breakdown of this, I typically tell people what they want their net income after salary to be at least $20,000, which means you should have at least $20,000 in profit. And you probably um, are not really going to be ready for an S-corp until you're profiting at least $60,000, because typically we're not paying ourselves a salary less than $40,000, maybe $30,000, Okay. So you have to be profiting at least that amount. So ask yourself, how much gross revenue am I making? What's my profit after my expenses? Am I around that $50,000, $60,000 mark? And if not, you might not be ready for an S-corp now. 
but you may be in the future. So that's all I had for this business entity lesson. Again, if you want to learn more about LLCs, uh, S-Corps, business names, DBAs, all of this really fun and sexy stuff, you can grab a copy of my book. If you have questions, comments, drop them in the comments below. I should say if you have comments, drop them below. I can't guarantee I'll get to all the questions, but I will try to look at them and um, do all the YouTube stuff. Ring the bell, follow, uh, all that good stuff. If you're listening on the podcast app, please subscribe, leave a review. It's much, much appreciated. And when uh, you're ready, or I guess when we have the next episode out, uh, I will be eager for you to join us for that one. Thanks again. Hi, everyone. It's me, Robin Sock, for the cast of season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you need help doing your taxes? Of course you do. You're stupid, but you're pretty. You might be a drag queen, and you can do dips and splits and all of that other stuff. You can grab a dollar, two dollars, but are you paying Uncle Sam? If you don't know how, you need help, and that's why you need Business of Drag. That's right, you need business of drag. Taxes are a drag, tune in for help from a pro. All right, all you drag performers out there, taxes are stressful. We all know tax season. Taxes are stressful, stress causes wrinkles, and filler is not deductible. Hire us for help. You need it. You really, really do. Hey everyone, I help. Oh, there goes my titty. That is not deductible. Mm, okay. Hey everybody, it's me, Rock'em Sock from the cast season. Ooh, sorry. Hey everybody, it's me, Rock'em Sock from the cast season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm here to tell you that if you're stupid and pretty just like me, you might need help on your taxes, because taxes are a drag, but you need to tune in for help. Oh, motherfucker. I, God damn it, I got this wrong. Okay, one more time. Sorry. Hi everyone, it's me, Rock'em Sock from the cast season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. You guys, if you're like me, you're beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, stunning. People run down the street just to get a look at you. But you're also insanely stupid and not good at doing things like math or handling your money. That's why Business of Drag is here. Taxes are a drag. Tune in for help from a pro. Might I add, taxes are stressful. Stress causes wrinkles and filler is not deductible. No, no deductee. Hire us for help. You need it. Business of drag! Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Or Uncle Slam will do, do a split on your throat, metaphorically speaking. Do your taxes.